So, hey, ladies, this your girl Samantha, and this is my podcast, Naturalized. How y'all doing today? Today is December the 9th, and it is 12.06 in the afternoon. So, what y'all week looking like? How's it going? I know Christmas is coming up, and I know some of y'all are probably like me. I haven't bought anything. <laughs> and, um... Other people probably been shopping since January. But, um, I just wanted to get up here today and talk. It's been a minute. And I don't really have free time today, but I have free time today, if that makes sense. So, let's talk, girls. Um, so, today I um, just really wanted to talk about why I chose to get saved. And I got the topic from my pastor. I typically try and pray about a topic and um a topic that comes through the word of God but can be transmitted through something that I experienced, you know, because oftentimes people be sitting here trying to give you advice on something that they haven't even went through themselves. And some things in life you just can't feel it if you ain't been through it. You know what I'm saying? And because just like I think I said before in a podcast, there's just no way I can help tell an alcoholic something they're going to struggle with. And I've never been an alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? Now, it is some things, you know, it don't have to be to a T. But, you know, you you if you haven't even traveled down that lane in any way, shape or form, it's just hard for people to be able to, to understand and to be able to relate. So today I wanted to get up here and I wanted to talk about why I chose oh I gotta chill y'all sorry why I chose to get saved and I wanted to talk about it because my pastor said that on Sunday he asked us hold on y'all remember notes what kind of legacy will you leave behind and that just stuck with me because I just want to get up here and talk to the people because I want to talk to my black sisters who aren't saved. This for the topic, this topic here might, if you're saved, you'll feel me. You'll feel me because I'm pretty sure some of y'all ain't been saved your whole life because I know I ain't. And, um. I just want to talk about it because church, what goes on the church, what goes on in the churches, honey, is wild, right? The same people that tell you to come to Christ and bring it all to Jesus is the same ones who judge you for the things you struggle with, for the things that you battle with. And the things that you do. And so I wanted to get up here and just talk about it for my sisters who not saved. Just maybe because it might be enough to convince somebody to get saved. Because I have been saved since July 11th. And I've said this in previous podcasts before. And I tell people all the time that I haven't met one single Christian that looks just like the other one. And 
So today I just want to speak on why I got saved because I was once not saved and that was this just this year. So most people don't really know. Um, I do talk about how I've been a nurse for about four years now and it's just something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be a nurse. I've always just wanted to care for people and I became a nurse and I worked and I worked, right? And I had gotten to a really bad car accident last year. A drunk driver hit me with no headlights on. I was coming from a cycle in class and I thought it was a dog running across the road on like to the out of my driver's side window. So, you, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, it's, it, it's, you know, it's not going to come in the road. I'm thinking it's a dog and it was really a car, actually a Suburban and I was driving a Charger. Anyway, so that Sunday was Easter and one of my um, Facebook friends, she invited me to this church, Transformation Church. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I talk about it all the time. For, and it's just because I wasn't sold on the church thing. I wasn't going back to church. Um, black folk get out too late. They don't know how to wrap things up. And I just didn't want to go to church where I was just going for attendance purpose. I wasn't going for a soul fulfillment. I wasn't going to get something. Because let's face it, it <laughs> you're not getting into heaven off of the attendance based upon church. It's not working. If you're not saved, baby, you're not saved. It doesn't matter if your mama built the church, okay? So I say that because I didn't want to go to church. And oftentimes I was condemned. Like people would be like, you don't go to church. You don't do this. You don't do that. And I was just like, I just don't find myself wanting to be somewhere where I'm not going to obtain anything. I tell y'all all the time, if you chasing a bag and you don't have a goal, you will forever chase a bag. If you going somewhere and you don't have a goal for what you're trying to obtain, you just going to forever go somewhere. And that's what happened with, you know, me. I was like, okay, I'm going to give church a try. And it was virtual because it's in Tulsa and I'm in North Carolina, you know. And I don't know. That Sunday, something was just heavy on my spirit and it told me to give my life to Christ. Because I just could sit there and just imagine the police, for one, for one, for one, for one, I was going to hell, period. I was not saved. I was going to hell. So not only was I going to hell for eternity, but the police was going to have to knock on the door and tell four little boys that their mother isn't coming home. Not tonight, but every night. She would no longer be coming back. And at that moment, I just was like, yo, I could have died. I could have left all of this. None of this would have mattered. None of this mattered. The kind of car we drove, the kind of house we lived in, the money we made, my career, the people, the people that I was around. Um, none of that would have mattered. And I would have got to heaven. God would have said to me, my girl, what did you do? What were you doing? What 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 did you do? And you know, I'll pull out my little scrapbook and I'll say, Well, you know, right here, God. Um, I took the kids to the Polar Express. And then here, you know, God, um, 
I graduated nursing school and here guy, you know, I gave um the man on the side of the road twenty dollars because he was homeless. And God was gonna look at me and say, My girl, <laughs> how many people got saved off of your legacy? How many people did you bring to Christ? How many people did you talk to about Christ? And you know, so I don't know, y'all. I had just felt it in my spirit to get saved and I had gotten saved and I just know, I feel in my heart that sometimes, you know, you'll do a big step and God see you trying, right? And in that trying season, he rewards you with things that you would have never maybe thought would come, was coming so quickly or, you know, something dropped unexpectedly, anything. I remember being saved, I think Easter was in March. Like the last week of March, maybe the second of April, I can't remember. It was definitely bef right before my birthday. And um I got saved. I remember being saved, sitting on the bathroom sink, writing on the mirror with an expo marker. Writing out stuff, crying my eyes out, you know, because I I almost went to hell. Like the police sat there and told me if you would have came to that stoplight two seconds later. Two seconds earlier than what you did, you'd have died from the impact. I wish I could have seen the car. And I still have pictures of it. And I'm probably going to put it on my Instagram podcast page. But I got saved. And I have been praying for my situation. My bad, toxic relationship. I was mentally through. Physically, I was through. And um, I had been celibate for about 10 months before I left. Um, I had just felt like, you know, I was just at wit's end. And somebody told me in school the other day that when the body, when the mind, when the when your mental turns it off, your body follows. And so I had just felt like, you know, I'm not... Who am I to share my body with someone who can't even do right by me? Someone who can't even validate my feelings. I wasn't cheated on to my knowledge or anything of that nature, but it just wasn't deserving of me. And I was just through. And I remember getting saved and praying about my situation. God, I just asked that I be out of this situation physically by August. I remember not wanting my kid. I wanted to start over before August because my children start late school. Um, they go back in September. And I was just like, I just don't want to move mid school year. And I remember telling my kid's daddy, I'm going to be out of here in August, either renting or either buying a house. And y'all, I just remember being on the phone with my homegirl one day and I had just been saved and she was saved and she had been saved longer than me. And <clears throat> I just want y'all to know when you get saved, you're not perfect. You know, you, you don't come perfect. You don't go to sleep perfect and wake up perfect. You don't go to sleep broken and wake up healed from everything you dealt with. You come broken and God takes away the things that you thought you needed to carry and he removes them for you. And he creates other avenues for you where you don't have to work as hard. So I say that because oftentimes people put labels on you. When you become a Christian, they're like, oh, 
She cussed. She's a Christian. Girl, mind your business. Because God know I cuss. I told him that in my prayer last night that I wanted to work on my cussing. You know? But people like to throw stones and don't like to look in that mirror. You know what I'm saying? So I say that because my friend was saved and she didn't live a perfect life because I don't live a perfect life. And like I told y'all, I've been saved since July 11th and I haven't even seen two that look exactly the same. We all have our different battles and we all have our different ways. And God is not going to create the same route for the both of us. You know what I'm saying? We might go to the same place, but the journey won't be the same, baby. It won't. It's only one Samantha Jovan. It won't be another. I don't care if you go and name your daughter that. It won't be another. It's just me. You know what I'm saying? So she was saved and I was on the phone with her and she was just like, apply to get your house. She was closing on her house in about three weeks. And I was just like, no, girl, you know, it's only May. It's April. It was April at the time. And I was like, it's only April. I said, August, like, I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to save my money. And, um, cause we had went in with a goal, me and her, we said, let's buy a house this year. Let's get, let's get that structure for our families and let's just buy a house. And she's, um, she is about five years older than me, five or six. So she's really like my older sister, but in a way, mentally, she's just been through so much more and, um, she's just been through. You know, she has more experience than I do. So in a way, it's like a mentoring. She's like a mentor, not a mentoring, but a mentor. But I was going to say mentor, but kind of like motherly, you know, and because she means well and her advice is very good with like wise advice. And so I was like, no, you know, we went in, we was like, let's buy a house this year. Let's let's get a house. We going to get this money, nursing, making all this money. Let's get in here. And let's run up a bag. So in April, she was like, just apply. Just, you don't know, just try it. And I was like, no, I'm going to wait till August. But you know what? Something was just like, just try it. Mind y'all, remind you, I just got saved um, end of March, like the first week of April. And so at this point, it's the end of April. It's almost May. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to wait. So then something just told me to apply. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to apply. No cap. Got approved for my house and I was just amazed because I had been praying I had just been praying since January that I'd be out of that situation by August and when I got and saved God placed favor upon my life because I was obedient to the feeling that I felt when I went to church telling me girl you need to get saved and I did and I remember just being so happy, just being so happy. I was like, wow, it's, I got the loan. I, they approved me and my closing date was at the end of May. And I was like, today's the first. I remember it being May 1st. And they was like, we got your closing date 30 days out. You'll close on May 30th. And I was just amazed, like, you know, like, wow, my journey is really coming to an end. <laughs> and I won't have to be here anymore. Um, boys, y'all have to go. Hold on. Yeah, I know the boys here because they live here. <laughs> but back to what I was saying, I just remember praying like and just being so happy that my moment had came because it was a point where before I had gotten saved, 
I was really the year like the year before was wild like I just remember being severely depressed and so suicidal I was about seven months pregnant with my last kid and I was just really fed up with life and the things it had to offer I was just tired of being taken for granted tired of being hurt and just tired of trying to fix everything when people want to walk out of your life you have to let them go okay and I was severely depressed I remember being seven months pregnant and I, my mom was just made up I for one was not going to keep Asher Asher was not going to be Asher really was only and I'm just being hot and humble and open and transparent because I have no I don't for one I don't care what people think of me and because it doesn't matter some people not even going to heaven you know um so they have bigger things to be worried about but Asher really was born because I ran out of time to get an abortion I was going to get an abortion because I I was down bad mentally. I just didn't think I could do it again. I was like, I'm going to be on my fourth kid. It wasn't even about the number. It was just about the requirement that came with the number. I was overexerting myself with three. I just didn't know how I was going to handle four. I was in a very bad place at the time. And, um... I remember my homegirl, like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, you know what? At this point, I'm just going to have to keep it because, I mean, I can't, I couldn't take off of work. I couldn't, I couldn't go through that again. I had been through that before and I couldn't go through that again. And I was just tired and I was like, I don't know. Okay. And I think I just was so tired when you're just beat down bad mentally. And it's not saying from another person. I'm just saying I just mentally was not together. And I just knew our my relationship with their father just wasn't the best at the time. And I was just like, we cannot. This relationship cannot stay. Like, I was scared that if I had Asher, I would stay. Because oftentimes, you know, women feel like they can't leave because... They have children. They scared to start over. And I wish I could I could write down all the names and all the head count of people who told me, are you sure you want to start over? Can you afford that? You have four kids. And is that something you really want to do? And if I had to start over with six kids, I would do it. I would go back and do it all over again because being set free it's just a feeling like no other. And I was just so happy that God had found favor on my life that he removed me from that situation at on June the 1st. June 1st, I closed on the house and I had a I had personally said, man, I gotta do something by August. But because I was obedient to what God had told me, he placed favor on my life and he allowed me to move in June. I'm telling you, y'all, like. I'm telling you, I had shitty credit. I had all kind of stuff that I worked my butt off to to fix because I was so tired. I was so tired. 
I remember going to sleep pregnant at seven months. I had already made up in my mind that my other kids didn't really need me and that they would be fine. They would be fine and that, that someone would take care of them. And um, I was about seven months pregnant. And I just remember uh, being very suicidal, going to sleep every night. I know for at least months, even praying, even so boldly as praying to God that I die in my sleep because I could not mentally take it anymore. I was just overworked. I wanted to run my business. I wanted to do all these amazing things. And I had no, I felt like I had nobody, like I had no help and I was nothing but left there to just deal with my own thoughts. And I was so suicidal before I got saved. I was just crying my eyes out. And I remember telling some of my friends, like, I need to get, um, I need, I need help. Like I need help. I'm depressed and it was hard to admit. It's hard to admit. And I know people are probably going to say, wow, you know, I'll never leave my kids. I would never think those things. You know, we always say that until it comes knocking on our door and it don't, it doesn't say, Hey, can we come in? It just opens the door itself and it comes in and then you're left there to just say, wow, my, my my teacher calls it eat and crow. He told me that the other day. He said, um, he calls eat and crow is when you say something you'll never do and then you eventually find yourself doing it. It's eat and crow. And I just, I just was like, yo, I was just nervous that I was going to stay with Asher. So anyway, I just went through the motions and I was down bad. I told my friends I was depressed. I told my kids dad. And it just wasn't enough for no one to take it serious. And by God's grace, y'all, I don't know what overcome came overcame. I don't even know how I bounced out of that 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 mental state. And that's why I say you just have to be thankful that you know people who pray for you and that you have people around you that are saved because you can be blessed and you can be favored from someone else. It don't even got to come from you. You can find favor because of your dad being saved. You can find favor because your grandma pay, pray for you. Anything. And I just know that I wasn't fully better when I had Asher. I actually gave birth to Asher by myself because I was just like, you know, I could do this by myself. I don't, I didn't need that. I didn't need someone there who, who wouldn't be what I needed them to be. And so I would rather do it alone because then that's me expecting things of you that I know you're not capable of. And it's only letting me down. You know, it's not letting you down. It's only letting me down. And I don't know, y'all. I just, after that, I had, Asher was about, well, Asher's two now, so I was like, that upcoming year, I was like, I got to get out of here by August. I had had Asher, and I was like, I got to get out of here. I have got to get out of here by next August, this August coming up, I got to get out. I had Asher in June. And so I stayed for the remainder of that year. But when January hit the following year, that's when I was like, I got to get up out of here, yo.
I can't continue to live like this. I have got to go. If not, you will stay. You will blink and you will stay. You will blink and you will stay another year. You'll blink and you'll blink and you'll blink and it'll be 10 years. If it's not serving you, let it go. It doesn't matter how hard it hurts. It doesn't matter what you'll lose. It doesn't matter what it'll bring. It don't matter the battles you struggle with. Let it go. And I tell you that because I got saved that year after my car accident and God found favor on me and he removed me from that situation. And I just got a little, I just got beside myself. I just really felt like, I really feel like now that when I sit back and reflect, I'm able to piece things together. And it's because I had got out of that situation and I don't think, I, I, God placed favor on my life and he removed me from there and he allowed me to get my own home. But you know how it is when you get out of that relationship that has had you bound for years, convincing you of things that you weren't even like having you believe things about yourself. That's not even true. Like. It's hard. And then imagine with kids like it's even harder, but starting over is hard regardless if you have kids or not. It's really hard, but what's hard is not, it's not the physical being, it's the mental being that's hard. Leaving is the easiest part. That was the easiest part for me. It was mentally battling the things that I knew I suffered from, dissecting things that I, I should have never dealt with, just processing things that I know I was like, yeah, next go around, not happening. But I had got bamboozled by the blessing. And my pastor was talking about this a few weeks ago. He was talking about God blessing you and giving you something. But we be so focused on the blessing that we get bamboozled and that we put a cap on what God has for us. So when I got my house and I got out of that situation, y'all, I was so happy. Like, I was ready to decorate. I was building stuff. I was doing all this stuff. And not to say that it was wrong. It wasn't wrong. It's just I got lost. You know, I had drifted. I had then started like, you know, talking to other guys and stuff. And so I'm now, you know, trying to get out this thing because really no one knew that I was single for two years before I left my relationship. We kind of just co-parented and, you know, we had a few moments where we would occasionally sleep together. And, you know, you know how it is when you when you trying to get out of that relationship, you might dib and dab a little bit. But um, I just knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do anymore. So once I got my mental together, as far as this is this isn't serving me, I'm ready for what's next. I'm ready to go. God will make you really uncomfortable too. He'll he'll make you really uncomfortable to see what you're gonna do or what he says. And I just remember saying, I'm done with this. It's it's over. In my head, I'm like, I'm done. I, I don't want this anymore. I've already gave it eight years. Imagine being eight more. And I've always said that I never wanted to be the mother that would say, I'm gonna stay for my children's sake. Because you hear a lot of black women say that. And they'll say, Well, we stay because we didn't want to break up the house and home. No, I'm a mom. 
But I'm Samantha Joe outside of this. I'm all kind of things outside of this. My kids will grow older and they will grow and they'll have their own children and their own families. And no, I'm not putting on a, a cap. I'm not putting a cap on the things God has for me. So when I moved, I got bamboozled by the blessing because I was talking to other guys, which wasn't an issue. It was just I was still continuously doing things my way. And I drifted. I got lost. I ended up talking to guys who didn't even believe in. Okay, Fort Bragg. I didn't know if they were shooting or what else. I, um, I started talking to guys who didn't even believe in God. And I remember one of my friends like saying, how is this going to work? Y'all not even like equally yoked. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, it'll work. It'll figure it out. Like, I'm going to talk to him a little bit about God and maybe he'll, you know, he'll come around. Like, nah. And <laughs> I got bamboozled by the blessing, y'all. I got lost along the way. And by the time I realized it was this upcoming year, 2021, January, I had moved. I was living in my house June 2020. So from June to January, so June to July, July to August, August, September, September to October, October, November, November, December, December, January. So seven months. In seven months, y'all. Because I had gotten saved, let's say the beginning of April. I moved in June, and in seven months, y'all, I was so bamboozled by the blessing. In seven months, my life started spiraling down. Like, I was doing shit I never even imagined I'd do. And I was accepting things that I just knew I would never accept on a regular basis. And it's because... When you are not covered by, by by God and you're not covered by the protection that he gives you when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you it's, it's a select all that apply. It, it's, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of this. I'm going to do a little bit of that. I can have a little bit of this. I can have a little bit of that. Because you get to pick and choose what you want to do. You just you just feel like you know everything. So you, you just don't feel like you can just do whatever, you know. And I had felt like I could do whatever. And although those was not my original intentions, that's why, you know, I'm so thankful for God's grace because I was lost, y'all. I was down bad, depressed. And all I could see myself was accepting the same guy just in different ways, like in different, they, they dressed it up a little different. They might have been a few um, sizes smaller a, sh a few shades darker same 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 tendencies causing the same hurt i'm sitting here dealing with the same thing it's just a different location and a different boy and i remember going to work y'all i had started in january i was down bad i was started having mental problems about december but i didn't really register it i so January came and I just remember being so down and out, not wanting to go to work because I couldn't handle it. I was so beat from work. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's not something I wanted to do. It had got so bad, y'all, at work that 
I wasn't even wearing scrubs to work no more, y'all. I'm going to keep it a band. I wasn't even wearing scrubs to work no more. I was wearing sweatpants and sneakers because it was going to be up with anybody who said something to me. For real, like no cap. Working, I was working during the middle of a pandemic and we're overworked and nursing is already short-staffed. And then you already have all these saturated people with these bad spirits um, sitting here pretending as if they're doing something that they doing something that they love when they're really just chasing a bag you know what i'm saying and nursing was my passion i love patients i love my patients you put me in a room full of bad nurses and i'm gonna always be a good nurse and i just remember like dang i don't even want to go to work i can't do this no more it's not good for me it's not good for my mental health and if you know me y'all know i ran a business for a few years and if you know me, then you know I can make something shake, sure. I can make some money. I can build me a bed and sell it. I can do whatever you want me to do. I can sell it. So I felt like now that I'm saved, I sit and I go back and think and reflect on when I wasn't saved. And all I could think is God's grace. Like, y'all, I had hit rock bottom January. I was not, y'all, I'm telling you, it was going to be up with anybody at that job who wanted it. No cap. Like, I was fed up. I was just through. I was through. And, you know, my friends was like, you know, maybe you should give it a rest for a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, nah, I'm good. But, y'all, one morning I, I, I had went to work. And I won't go into the topic, like, word for word, but... I had just had enough, y'all, with nurses not doing enough but saying a lot. And I'm with all that, okay, if you want to be with all that. Like, I'm not a violent person. And I don't condone violence. But the moment you come tiptoeing over here with, <laughs> with that and you have stepping and you think you can just criticize everybody while you have step, it ain't happening, Captain, over here. And I just remember being in that moment and I was like, you know what? It's either I'm going to put my paws on her when she get here at 8 o'clock or I'm just going to quit at 7 and not come back tonight. And I just remember saying, I quit. Like, have this, have everything that come with it. Because I didn't go to school for something that I love to be in here, you know, acting this way. This has me out of character. And I just, I just was like, I quit. I quit. And y'all, for real, I, that was in January. And I just remember some days waking up, not even knowing what I was going to do today. Like, I remember some days, I don't even know what I did some days besides sit on the couch. Because when you down bad, if you ain't never been depressed, I, I feel why you won't be able to relate. But if you've ever been down bad, that struggle is real to get yourself back to right to, to, to normal, like to health. Like it, it's hard. It is a struggle. And when you already feel like you got the world, the weight of the world on your shoulders, it don't it doesn't make it any more easier. And you have children and you can't tend to you the way you want to tend to you, you know. And I just remember, y'all, months going by and I'm like, hey, this feeling just not going away. It's not going away. And 
I was down bad from January to probably a week. I'm going to say a week before I went to Puerto Rico. And I left for Puerto Rico June, like the 16th or something like that. I think we went the 16th through the 20th. Something like that. And when I went to Puerto Rico, I literally felt like I had just found myself, yo. I felt like I had found myself. I felt like I was back just enough, like just enough to just enough, like to say I was trying, you know, I was really trying my hardest to get back. And I just didn't know what it was. I couldn't figure it out. Y'all, I could not figure that thing out to save my life. So I don't know. I remember going to Puerto Rico, having the time of my life, coming back from Puerto Rico. And I was planning my father's 50th birthday party with my siblings. We had been planning it for a few months and we kind of was just finalizing things. And I don't know. I just was supposed to link with my ex and it didn't work out. And no cap, when I went to sleep that night, I was like, you know what? Before I went to sleep, I was like, I'm done with this. This is not deserving of me. And if I keep if I keep tiptoeing and keep dipping and dabbing, I'm never going to get anywhere because how when I'm still going back to the same environment that got me sick? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? No, I'm done with all that. I went to bed that Saturday and I said, I'm going to church in the morning. And it was virtual, you know. That's why I'm telling you, if you not sold on the church, because I won't sold on the church yet. You, I, I still won't sold. And... But I knew enough about TC to where I was convinced that I could go there, you know, and feel welcome and come broken because the pastor talks about how he was addicted to pornography and stuff like that. And that's what I get to tell. I love the most about my podcast because I'm so open about it. And I just want y'all to know people change. People are not who they were years ago. Do you want us to hold you to the same ex that you dated six exes ago? No. Do you want us to, you know, what if you lose all this weight and all we keep saying is, yeah, I liked you better when you were bigger. Maybe I'm not big no more. So how are you going? So what are you going to do to get to know me now? And, and I could be loving who I am right now, but people just so be stuck on people don't change. And that's what I love about that pastor. He talks about all the things that he was and that he's not anymore. He's been delivered from. And so that Sunday, I was like, I'm going to church. And y'all know Cap, that Sunday I went to church and it felt just like it did the first time. And I felt like God said, you didn't catch me the first time I came through. So I'm a, I love you enough and I got, I, and I know you're trying and I love you so much that I'm going to spin the block again for you. Y'all, that word that he preached, no cap. I think I got it in my book. Let me see. Let's see. I've seen this before. It says, people want someone that will be honest and say, this is who I am. I'm tired of pretending. Yes, I'm always strong when, yes, I'm always strong when an actual, and, uh, yes, I'm always strong when in actuality I have some vulnerabilities. I just, it says your victory is in your vulnerability. 
His grace was already working even before the moment you know you needed it. If you do the bringing, he will do the healing. Literally, no cap. That was July 11th. I'm looking at it right now. It was called. It was fun month. Robert Madu, he, he preached this from TC. And I just remember feeling that thing so heavy. And I was like, I'm giving my life to Christ today. I'm getting saved. And no cap. The first two weeks of being saved was heavy. It was so heavy, yo. It had me going back, doing things that I handled on my own. That God said, no, you're going to go back and you're going to correct it the way that I want you to handle it. Because you did you did it your way. And this is how it turned out. But now you're in my will and you want the things that I want for you. Because I prayed for God. I surrendered everything. I said, I don't want to be what I thought I wanted to be. I need to find my purpose. That was on my vision board in January. I wanted to find my purpose this year. And I just, I'm here to encourage somebody that whenever you pray for purpose, you better be will, be ready to let go of the things that you thought you loved, that you thought you needed, the people you thought you needed to have, the job you might have worked at for years. When you coming out of who culture tells you you have to be or tells you or what you feel like culture teaches you to be and you getting into purpose, you got to let some things go. You got to let things go. And that job was something I had to let go, y'all. No cap. When I was working, when I got saved in July, it was right after my father's birthday party. And I ain't really had no money like that. I was really just making things work. Like child support. I had to put my baby daddy on child support because he didn't want to take care of his kids. And that's another thing is not to get into too deep right now because this isn't the topic. But women, black women got to stop being comfortable just taking the damn L. Why do you always feel comfortable taking the loss? No. Two people created children. If it's not 50% across the board from finance to freedom, then somebody needs to pull their weight. I'm a human being at the end of the day. You don't want to provide them. We have to get things involved because I'm no longer choosing to take the L. Okay? I'm not. I'm not going to put a cap on the thing God has for me. Why would I hinder my children's growth from someone who doesn't even know who they are themselves, who hurt me because he didn't want to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not about to keep taking the L. I left you. And let him tell it. He left me. I don't give a damn who left who, honey. We ain't together no more. And that's what's, that's just the blessing. Okay? And it's not the bad talk. It's, I, it wasn't serving me anymore. It was time to go. And I was not about to take the L. I had already started my life over. Not asking anything. And I tried to go the right route. I tried to talk. I tried to figure some things out. I even tried to compromise. Didn't work. But I'm not going to keep taking the L. When I can't go through the front door, I'm going through the back. And if I got to go through the window, I'll go through the window too. I'm not going to self-sabotage me anymore. I'm not counting me out of anything anymore. I did it for years. Loving somebody, taking like taking care of somebody, putting my own personal thoughts and dreams and hold on hold for somebody and forming these things that I thought I wanted. In reality, God was just really showing me, baby girl, it's not what you think you want. And I'm gonna let you go through the motions because you want it so bad. 
I'm going to let you have it. And this is what comes with this. 